We've been talking about faith that moves mountains, and last week was week three, so this week will be... You guys have got this. Some of you weren't going to answer, is this a trick question or something like that? No, uh, but this is a big thing, because we, we've said this before, two things will be challenged as time goes on and we get near the end. Two of them will be very much challenged. Jesus said, the love of many will wax cold. People will start treating people wrong, start becoming bitter, start not loving God, but will start loving themselves more and more, and they'll be about me, me, that will be their song, you know, what's for me. And then he said, when he returns, he said, will I find faith? And the number one thing he said about the end times, you know, a lot of people want to know end times, you know, and, and, and that's good to know them. I mean, if I'm going to go to a city and like Las Vegas or something like that, um, I'm going to pay attention to the signs that are on the road. And you understand if you have ever been to Las Vegas, when the minute you leave uh, the Phoenix metropolitan area, you may see one sign that says 300 miles or 200 and something miles, whatever it is, to Las Vegas. You may not see another one for a long time. Right? But what happens when you start getting closer to Las Vegas? Prime rib. The best. So they say, because when you get to the next sign 100 yards down, they've got the best prime rib at cheaper prices. And then you think, well, then that's where we're going. Then you go to the next one, and they've got prime rib and lobster, and it's better than anybody's. And there's all these signs that start appearing, and you start thinking, oh, well, then this is this, and I can get this. And then they start, you ever notice when you get closer, they don't just give you a warning, say 25 miles. No, it's just the closer you get, the more warnings you get. The Bible's like that because God cares about his people. So Jesus said, when I return, will I find faith? And we've been talking about faith. Faith is not just some general, yeah, faith. We all have faith, right? We're looking at that. And we're going to look at developing your faith today or getting it stronger. And there are reasons why you should. Because every failure that ever happens or any success that truly happened with God or with Jesus in his earthly ministry was never a failure on God's part, was never a failure on Jesus' part, but all the successes that were attributed, if you read, it was about people's faith. He said, your faith made you whole. Even when one, one person came who had a demon-possessed child, and he went to the disciples, and they couldn't get it done. And then they went to Jesus, and he said, listen, if you can... I went to your disciples, they couldn't do anything. These are the ones that we read about. And then went to Jesus and said, they couldn't do it. If you, what about you? And you know what Jesus said back to him? He said... What do you mean, me? Depending on the translation you read. <laughs> Some translations say it like this. What do you mean, me? What if I can? He turned around and said, no. If you can believe, then all things are possible. And so many times, people don't realize they get this mentality. If anything is going to happen, it's going to be all God. But we don't read that in Scripture. 
We don't read that in Scripture. So if we read that in, in our thinking or we read all Scripture like that, like, did Jesus do something for all people to be born again? Yeah, that all sins would be washed away. Yeah, but now how do you get that? By grace, you are saved through faith. That not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, so any man should boast. That salvation is an absolute free gift. You cannot work to create new life and be born again and made new. It's by faith, through grace. In other words, his grace was supplied, it's there, and so therefore I walk in it by my trust. And think about it. So faith, if he said when he comes, he's going to say, he said the love of many would wax cold. So we don't want that. We can avoid, we can avoid that. And then we can do things to, when he comes, he, instead of saying, will I find faith? He may say, I might not find it everywhere, but I'm going to find it in some places. Right? And, and he's going to find it here. Amen. That would have been a good time to go, that, me, me right? Me. Because remember, faith is voice activated. I mean, how was your faith activated that made you get born again? You had to release what was in your heart with your mouth. The minute you did it, God worked. It didn't change. Faith did not become non-voice activated. You with me? So last week we talked about how faith comes by hearing, but we looked at it in a different way, kind of, many times than just a generic hearing, we talked about how we look at God and our perception of Him affects how our faith comes. We said it like this. If there were two men that walked up to a creek, we talked about this story, and how both of them looked and saw this board, and one man said, uh, you know, th this board that went across and thought, I've got to cross that. This is going to take my faith, great faith, for me to cross this board. The other guy walked up right after him and said, praise God, I don't need great faith. This board will hold me up. And many people approach God like, well, I've got to have a ton of faith. And really, because their faith is more in their ability. Instead of turning to the ability of God and believing that God will hold me up. God will strengthen me. God has provided. God has paid for different things. You with me? And sometimes a small adjustment there can make a huge, huge difference. Because people are thinking, well, it's my faith. Well, maybe our faith should be not just so much in us as it is in how big God is and how God is toward us and how he's willing to work now. Why do you think people came to Jesus? He recognized their faith often and said their faith received. But if you ever see the interactions, where was their faith? He said, well, do you believe I'm able Oh, I got faith. No, he said, he those people turned their faith and said, we believe you're able. And then when they had questions about his willingness, he said, I'm willing. So they had their faith in his willingness and in God's ability. And today, we need to make sure our faith is in God's ability and in his willingness. You with me? And, and what he wants. 
But sometimes people haven't read the Bible, so they don't know what in the world he wants. And so somebody said, well, God maybe doesn't want that for you. And then when they hear that, they go, yeah, I guess not. And because somebody said it, and uh, they believed it. And really, it wasn't even the truth. And so we're going to look at this whole thing about uh, faith coming and how to develop faith and realizing our faith is not just in my ability to believe, but my faith is in God, in God and his ability to perform, his ability to do something, believing that he has done something. You with me? Knowing his attitude, because one of the biggest hurdles to faith, I mean, obviously, knowledge is the biggest hurdle to faith, not knowing. Knowledge is the key. And obviously, there are different aspects of the knowledge. And so turn to 1 Timothy. I'm going to talk about his character, but about developing our faith in God, appropriately and right because sometimes deep down people's faith is contaminated the bible talks about being defiled and uh you know things can get polluted with wrong thinking then it creates wrong believing so we want to know the right way faith can be strong When we're not just looking at ourselves, but we're trusting in God's ability, His want, His willingness, His greatness to display. But somebody said, yeah, we got to really believe. Why don't we trust that He wants to move really big instead of just me trying to make Him move really big? Well, I'm just going to make Him move. He's going to move real big because of my faith. Maybe He already wants to move real big and real strong, and therefore my attitude should be that way. It's a huge difference, because I'm going to do whatever it takes and make him to move. Now, I do know we have a part to play in some of this stuff, but when I start realizing how big God is, how he wants to do great things, the Bible said his eyes run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong. But he said there was a group of people who drew back because it said they started trusting in natural means there in Second Chronicles 16, 9. And he said, you're going to end up with battles and wars from now on because you moved away from trusting in me to do it. And he said, I've been looking and have been wanting to do it and wanting to work a certain way, and doing things great. And I think we need to, you know, we have all these makeover movies, you know. I think they've inspired people, you know, uh, home makeovers and stuff, for people to start doing home projects, you know. Uh, Anybody ever been inspired by one of those? We can do this. You ever been inspired by something and went, I'm going to do that? And it didn't turn out like they did it. You with me? Uh, Hallelujah. I've been inspired like that before, and they just don't turn out the same. Home projects, I'm, I'm fair at that. But uh, the other stuff, maybe like art or things like that, I feel like I have a fair little grasp on it. Uh, and uh, But boy, you know, you start making some attempts. Uh, 
But why do you do that? Well, you get inspired to renovate things, you know, like a home. You know, I'm going to turn my kitchen into this. You know, and they can do it for 150 bucks. Isn't it amazing, those people? They're like, I've never been employed. You know, I, you know, I just first, I basically sell news, I collect newspapers. My budget for this home is a million dollars. You know what I'm talking about? I'm like, how'd you get a million dollars? You know, for this budget. And then, then they build this stuff and they're like, it costs a thousand dollars because we went here and did it. And then you start out and think, I just bought a toilet and it cost a thousand bucks. You get where I'm coming from? They do that. They want to renovate something and make it look totally different. You know, in all reality, every Christian, when they get born again, and even after they've traveled this walk, need to be renovated upstairs. Right here. In your mind. And, and here's something, a very familiar verse of Scripture, but it doesn't mean it doesn't hold a gem. First, Timothy, the second chapter, and we're going to read the uh, third and fourth verse. We're really going to read just the fourth. I mean, that's where we're going to target. For It says, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. God is the Savior. God is the one who wants to do this, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of of the truth. Notice this. God wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the full truth. But sometimes when we read that, we could have heard it always one way, so we always associate it with one thing. You know, this is a great scripture to go reach the lost. But in all reality, uh, that's just not what he's saying. Only. Because if you think, well, he's talking about this, and, and we're all saved, or we've given our life to the Lord, then you hear this, and unconsciously, you shift this scripture to somebody else. You could. Because, well, they all need to be saved, and that is the truth. They all need to be saved. If there's anybody that needs to be saved, it's the world today. They, and we are reading this scripture and we're putting it off on the people out there. And if we do that, we need renovation. Because notice what it says. Who desires all... You notice that word? All. So that means them out there, right? That's who it's about. It's about them. All would include you. So you can't just go, he wants all. It's them. And so if we read this and we just think it's just them, then we've missed, we should have said, God wants them but he was writing to Christians, so he said, I want all, not just them. He would have said, pray for them. Reach them. But it says, 
God desires, because that's the context. So we're about to read a desire from God. God has a desire for you and for me, because we're part of the all. And so he has a desire for all, which includes who? Us or me? Me. Would you be part of all? Unless you're a Martian. Otherwise, you're part of the all. So you could say, desires me. Why don't we say that? He desires me. That went well. He desires me to be. Now we'll talk about what he desires you to be. So this means, is my faith in line with what he wants for me? Goes back to his character. What does he want? Well, it's not about what he wants. It's about what I can believe God for. If he don't want it for you and he doesn't desire certain things for you, it don't matter how much you exercise your faith. You ain't getting it. Not that way. Hallelujah. So we need to find out what does he desire? He desires. You, you wonder what, because some people wonder what God is thinking about them right now. They, they messed up. Well, God doesn't desire this anymore. No, God desires this repeat for all people. How many people are going to be qualified for this? Well, obviously, you know, some of them that have been being bad. No, they, no, no, no. He would have said that. He said it's for all. Then, then what's in this that he wants all to experience? So he's up there wanting this for humanity, which includes you. Or you, if you're watching. Or the yous, you know, the sheep. Sorry. The yous that are watching. Notice, who desires all men to be saved. Somebody said, I'm saved. Are you? Are you? That's a good question. Are you really saved the way that this is talking about? Or could you say I'm part saved or I am saved or why don't we look? If God wants all, which would include me and you to be saved, then I have a right to say he wants whatever this saved is for me. He wants this for me. You know, you got to get convinced that God wants these things for you. Some people try to approach God, they're not even convinced God wants certain things for them and that He desires certain things for them. And this word saved here is the identical same word saved in James 5 when it said, if anybody is sick, let him call for the elders of the church and let them come and pray over him. How? In faith. And then it said, and the prayer of faith will save the sick. But these were believers, so they don't need saved. 
Or does this word mean something that we don't realize? The word, if you look it up in the Greek, it means to, to heal. Matter of fact, this identical Greek word sometimes is translated to preserve, to heal, to make whole. It's not just one thing God wants for you to be born again. God wants you to be and live in His fullness, to be delivered. So what needs to be understood is God desires for every person in the world to be delivered. God desires everybody in the church to be delivered from whatever. God desires everybody to be healed. He desires everybody to be whole. But you know, sometimes people don't realize that is God's actual desire for them. Somebody might say, well, that's not what I heard. If it's God's will, He'll just do it. Well, if it's just God's will, wouldn't He just make everybody get born again? We all know it's God's will for people to be born again. But do they have a part to play? One, they got to find out about it. And, and what if they were told, you, you've just done so much wrong, God would never do that for you. See, we've been taught so well, if somebody, if you ran into somebody, and they said, you know, I wanted to get saved, I wanted to be born again, but I had been talking to this one Christian, and he knew a lot of scriptures, and I just have done so much wrong, I can't be born again. What would you do? Oh, really? No, you would argue with them. You'd go, no, that's not what the Word of God said. But could people believe that? Yeah. I remember I told, I, I told a friend of mine this years ago, this, is to, this will tell you something. I, I was witnessing to him, and he came under conviction. He said, I want to get saved. His family was quite wealthy. In high school, you know, he had a Corvette, brand new. And he had actually three cars in high school. And motorcycles and all this stuff. And, and his brother had, well, they had a brand new Mustang that was between the two of them. And his brother had a truck, and he had a Corvette, and he had a dune buggy, and he had this stuff. And I remember I was talking to him, and God was working in his life. And you remember the rich young ruler, and the Lord said, give up all and follow? I said, you're just going to have to give everything up to follow the Lord. <laughs> oh, Jesus. He said, I still want to go have fun and do some of this stuff. And do. I said, well, you're just going to have to give it all up. Yeah, praise the Lord. I led other people to the Lord, but I didn't lead him to the Lord. What a bummer. Somebody said, what were you thinking? I don't know. What have you been thinking? What have you been thinking about this verse? At least I witnessed to him. He needs that roadblock removed. Meaning he, he could give his life to the Lord. Then the Lord will deal with him. Hey, if you need to get rid of this or do something, then he would deal with him. But he just needs to surrender all. But how many people have goofed up ideas maybe because of something they've heard? Hopefully not from me. And um, so if he wants all people... God's desire 
for every person is for them to be made whole, for them to be strengthened, to be protected, to be delivered, to be born again. Well, as a Christian, what we need to understand is this. One of the great hurdles to faith is, is not fully believing that God's for you in all these things and that he really wants these for you. It's the truth. Well, I didn't think it would go over like that. Here's the big thing. If God, if we see Jesus and how he was always meeting the needs of people and always helping people, do you think God's will later on is going to be different? Malachi says, I am the Lord who changes not, therefore you're not consumed. In other words, if I wanted to, I could be angry and consume you. They had been doing wrong. But he said, I'm the Lord, I don't change. So if he said this back then, and he meant it back then, that he wants all people to be saved, preserved, made whole. One of the big things is, is you have to get persuaded. Your faith has to grow right there. That's a huge hurdle. Because people will say, well, well the reason God does it for them is because he loves them. No, God doesn't do things for people because he loves them per se. Because he loves everybody. He does it because we trust in what he's already provided. And we believe, you know, like Abraham, he was strong in faith. Remember in Romans 4, how? Giving glory to God, being fully persuaded that he had great faith. No, no. That what God had promised he was persuaded God was able to perform it. That's where his great faith was, in God, in God's ability, in God's wanting to do something for him. And that's where our faith needs to be. In knowing he wants to beyond your perfection. In all reality, you could say this, God wills that all men be forgiven. Same thing. So if you're here and you say, yeah, but yeah, I've done so much wrong, God desires you to be forgiven. Yeah, but I've done a bunch of stuff wrong. God desires you to be forgiven. Yeah, but you don't know what I've done and how all the wonderfully wrong things I've done, and I've even told the Lord I'll never do it again, and God's desire is that you be forgiven. But see, if you're not persuaded that he desires, you'll be backing down from obtaining what he wants you to walk in because you'll say, I I've just done it so many times. And, and you understand what happens then. You're not agreeing and believing he wants it for you because of your abundance of failures. You don't believe he desires you to be forgiven. So guess where, that's why I said it's a huge hurdle. Because if you don't believe he wants you clean and without guilt, then what makes you think you're going to think that with all these wonderful mess-ups that he's going to want good, all these other good things for you too? But the answer still would come back, he desires it for you. Period. So what do we do then? If he wants this for me, 
one of the great hurdles then is for my faith to come to the other side to know he wants all this for me. Well, what am I going to do then? What am I going to do if faith is something that's in my control? Knowledge. I need to develop my faith in His want to. In His willingness. In His desire. Because you could see if I keep saying, yeah, but I've done so much, I'm so whatever, I just keep doing wrong, then am I looking at it the right way, thinking He desires me to be clean and desires me to be without guilt? No, I'm looking at me. And my faith is more in me. And not in the board to hold me up. Hallelujah. And if you can get this straightened out, and if I can get this straightened out, and not only can you get it straightened out, you can get stronger and stronger in it. Jesus kept trying to portray God as a father, and one of the things he often did was he would compare natural parents and God as a spiritual father, and how that God, our spiritual father, wanted good things for us. But we can hear that, but if you have now disqualified yourself, then you're not even believing He wants you clean, and God desires you to be clean. He wants you washed. He doesn't want you with guilt. He doesn't want you having any sense of shame about your past, no matter what it is. Period. So, so what, what, what do I do then? Because this will make anybody a coward before God. Good Christians. Why? Not because God's mad, not because God's angry, but because the enemy and through lies have made people cower when God's going, I desire this for you. And they come in shaking because they don't realize this is what he desires. Their head is full of other stuff. Everybody okay? And so how can I or you get stronger in this area where we get over that hurdle and no matter what we approach in the Word, He wants this. He wants me blessed. He wants me strong. He wants me whole. He wants me to live victorious until He returns. He wants me to be effective in the kingdom of God. But how do I get strong in faith? How do I develop my faith? This is a very familiar verse, but turn to Romans, the 10th the chapter. It is a law of faith. It's the same law that you read all through the Old Testament. It's how Abraham operated in faith. It's how Jesus operated in faith. I mean, Jesus did this. He said stuff like, you can't touch me. I'm protected. I have to release this life. In other words, nobody can take it from me. He said, I have this command from God. Well, where does faith come from? Hearing from God. Trusting in what God said. So he declared his faith in it. And he was protected until he laid down his life. Nobody took it from him. He did it knowing all of us were in need. 
and he wanted to do something about it. Notice this in Romans 10, verse 9 and 10. It says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. God wills that all people be saved. Born again is only a small part of this. Being protected. But, but part of the fundamental road that this all travels on is God's attitude toward me and you. So if I would want to build my faith, now that I've heard God wants this for me, I need to believe that. You don't have to see it. You just have to believe it. But how do I get it stronger and stronger until any time any little lie comes and says, yeah, but you remember this, that doesn't stick anymore. And you go, God wants this for me. God wants this. He's willing to work. He's willing to do it. He wants to do it. And then add this on the end. He wants to do it now. 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 So how do we do this? Notice, if you will confess with your mouth, if you will believe in your heart, there's two things here. Believe in your heart, say it with your mouth. David killed Goliath that way. Go read the story. Go look through the Bible. You'll see that people believe things in their heart and said it with their mouth, and their faith got released. Notice this. Saying your faith, what you believe, comes before you experience anything. Let me say that again. Saying something that you believe is before you experience. Notice that if you will confess or declare or say with your mouth, Jesus is my Lord, and you'll believe that in your heart. In other words, you believe that when you say it. He said that God has raised him from the dead. Then you'll be saved. How do you get your faith growing stronger? You would use the same principle. Believe something in your heart and say it with your mouth. So what I would do is if I wanted my faith to get stronger in this area that underlines all of it, I would need to say, God, you want good for me. God, you want healing for me. God, you want forgiveness for me. That's why the Bible said there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. But does that mean people are living free from condemnation? No. Because somewhere they feel like they're disqualified. Or they haven't gotten strong and moved that mountain knowing that God wants that gone. That's why you have to continually express your faith. Jesus, because you are my Lord, you want good for me. You want, and be specific, because sometimes good, what is that? The good he said, you, you desire me to be protected. You desire me to be forgiven. You desire for me to be healed. 
and then add this at the end. Now. Because when you overcome that hurdle and you start going, God, you want, you want. You want me free from sin. You want me free from bondage. This is your desire for me. This is your desire for me to be blessed and to prosper. This is your desire for me, and it's your desire for me now. We don't got nine years, ten years, twenty years. It's now. So we need to add that in. And, and if you want your faith to grow, remember it won't be strong and get stronger until you say it first. Let's read it again. Let's read verse 10. For with the heart, one believes under right standing. And with the mouth, confession is made unto. Now get that. Confession is made unto what you want. In other words, you've got to believe it and then say it before you'll ever experience it. So if you want your faith to get stronger in this area and you want to move the mountain that would tell you God's not for you so it would unlock the key, then you need to be a regular person to exercise your faith. I believe God wants me healed. You should do this too. I believe He wants other people healed too of everything. And He wants it for them now. I mean, if it was somebody that was lost and going to hell, we wouldn't say, God wants you saved. I don't know when. They could die and go to hell in that time. But when we get full of that and get confident and go, God, you want people saved and you want them saved now. And you want people healed and you want them healed now. Then as our faith grows in that, we start joining forces with God wanting to do something now. Not hope is in the future, but faith is he wants to do it now. When does God want me blessed? Now. now. When does he want you blessed? Now. When does he want the world blessed? Now. now. But you got to say it first. Then when you say it, your faith is released. It will start going into work. It'll start getting stronger. Everybody alive and well? How many of you believe God loves you? And is for you? Because sometimes we say, oh, God loves me. And then when it comes down to it, we, some of our actions, we don't think, act like it, think like it. No, he's for us. And what you need to do and what I need to do is perpetually say, just like you'd work out, God's for me. He wants good for me. He wants me healed. He wants me strong. He wants me clean. He wants me whole. He wants me protected. He wants me watched over now. And it's always, he wants it now. Everybody alive? When does he want it? Now. now. Well, praise the Lord. Then when are we going to get it? Now. See, what happens is people go, well, um, um, get over that hurdle. Because when you get over that hurdle and you're convinced, and the way you'll get convinced is build your faith. And then you'll, get, and then you'll go, yeah, he wants that now. It's what he wants now. I just may not be convinced of it. But am I becoming? Yes. Are we becoming? Yes. Amen?
Everybody's alive, well, good. How many believe God wants good stuff for you now? Amen. Then we should let the redeemed of the Lord think so. Oh, say so. That's right. Say so. Why did he want that? Because it's how we were created. Whether we like it or not, God's design is to open up your lips and say something. That's just how it is. It's a law, whether we like it or not. I mean, I'm not real fond of gravity. I'm not. I'm, but I just got to live in it. I mean, when we get to heaven and we can just fly around and stuff, that's going to be cool. If we want to walk, we can walk. You get where I'm coming from? But now, we got no choice. We got to walk. And the only flying you can do is with a parachute or, or dream. But that's not real. So these are laws. Spiritual. So we just work with them. And good things are happening right now. Praise the Lord. And they are. Amen.